Hey, this is Brent Annals of Smart Token Labs. We're bridging Web3 and Web2. And creating the future of gaming in Web3. We're on the edge of NFT, the best game in town for Intel on the future of Web3. Stay tuned. Hey, all you NFT curious listeners, check out today's episode and learn how today's guests are collaborating to change the NFT and gaming reward and loyalty landscape. Why Mars and Apes are such major inspirations for our guests. And how the digital and physical world of NFTs is colliding faster than we ever thought possible. All this and more on today's episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's guests are Brent Annels, CMO of Smart Token Labs, and Mitch Penman Allen, co-founder at Parian. Smart Token Labs is creating a new standard for a tokenized future. They're building composable smart token bridges, bridges from tomorrow to today. And Parian's mission is to create and distribute opportunity by harnessing the untapped potential of the Web 3.0 gaming community and positioning them as the economic champions of tomorrow. Brent and Mitch, it's really great to have you. Welcome to Edge of NFT. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks. Welcome, welcome, fellas. Yeah, so many cool things happening here. And, uh, you know, like we like to do for our listeners, maybe you haven't caught up with what you're doing. We'd love to get some background from each of you on your projects and uh, and kind of what led you to where you're at now. So let's start, Brent, with you, man, and, and get a little background. Yeah, sure. My background is, I feel like the old guy in the room always these days. So I'm like the web one, two, and three guy. So I did my first startup back in 2000, AdTech's first generation startup into Silicon Valley in 2000, rode around through the dot-com boom and bust. Then I ended up with in wave two with uh, both Facebook and Uber, looking after brand at Facebook and partnerships at Uber. So I had the experience of you know the mobile app-driven internet and, and now I'm in web three with Smart Token Labs and you know, we're an open source software development company. We, you know, we have a vision that tokens are the building blocks of, of Web3. The tokenization of everything is going to change everything. It's a core sort of infrastructure layer to Web3. And as we said in the intro, we're building bridges and trying to create pathways to mass adoption between Web2 and Web3 and create better user experience. Yeah. Awesome. Cool intro. I guess I'll jump in. Yeah, my name is Mitch. I first got into crypto in 2017, like a lot of people. A friend of mine had met a guy called Willie Wu in Bali, Bali or Sri Lanka on a, on a kite surfing trip. Anyway, got connected and he had a small group of people just talking trading all day. So I became really obsessed with the, the futures market. And so I just started reading books all day long, mostly kind of like post-grad university literature around uh, financial markets, hedge fund strategies, things like that. By 2019, I was running my own futures trading company. And then one day, it was 2020, we were in Melbourne in the dog park. <laughs> we had some pretty strict lockdowns through COVID and we couldn't do anything but go to the dog park. So I met one of the other Perion co-founders there, Amos. He was relatively interested in crypto. He was a developer. And I thought, this is great. We'll be able to jump off and sort of jump more into the stuff that I was doing in the futures markets. However, sort of mid-2021, Amos became number one in the world at Axie Infinity which is, I guess, like the first touch point for a lot of people into NFT gaming. He told me all about the leasing model and how that works. I thought like, this is thing's going to be huge. So we just dove in and we formed Perion. 
And so like we started out with a pretty traditional model where we would just lease axes to gamers. I think a lot of people came in that route. We kind of zoomed out and we thought, if you look at sort of Axie's performance, just as an example, that token launched at kind of like double digit million valuation and it ended up doing like 3000X. So we thought that was a really interesting place for us in the ecosystem where we could A, take an early position in games, B, use our network of streamers because we're like a competitive esports organization and we have around 3 million eyeballs in front of our streamers now. So we could use our network of streamers to distribute content from these games that we're backing throughout the play to win ecosystem. And then we become a launch pad. We develop the initial esports scene and we get the initial eyeballs that a, that a game needs to have to succeed. And then we just develop our name further in, in the space. So that's how we're really positioning is sort of being this competitive esports content platform of uh, Web3 Gaming. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand for pretty much the remainder of the episode, Mitch, you're going to get out one of these dry textbooks and we're just going to read through it together, <laughs> right? And just kind of try to process it. Oh my God, it's so dry. I, I, I really <laughs> Going into gaming is so much fun <laughs> because but, like, I think the thing that really attracts me about gaming is like, people don't need to learn anything to understand gaming, right? Like, I think that's, it's going to be such a big on-ramp to crypto is like, most people don't understand how the Fed works or how DeFi works, but they understand games and that they'll do anything to play a game. So we see gaming as like this mass onboarding um, to crypto. Yeah. Let's get to know a little bit more about each of your companies and kind of how you formed a partnership. And Mitch, you know, since we just kind of heard from you a little bit, can I talk about the company a little bit more and about the partnership? Yeah, sure. As of right now, we are on the public, um, on the front ends, we're very much positioning as, as an esports team of the, um, of the Web3 gaming space. We have around 1,200 gamers playing for us, which is... Yeah, something that we're kind of more into is targeting competitive players. So just for example, like last season of Axie just finished, we had three players in the top 10. We took out second spot, I think sixth spot, and then equal seventh spot. So like that's like the, a huge part of what we're doing is creating this, this team and this kind of inspirational or an aspirational environment where people want to be, be a part of, of Perion. And that sort of led us into working with Smart Token Labs as they were creating sort of experiential products for, for teams and guilds and organizations. So that was sort of the, the inroad to it. Like we saw SDL as a huge value add. I mean, creating merch and creating experience for our players is like we're trying to attract the best talent. And so on the front end, we have this, this great team and this really nice brand. And on the back end, we need to do things to keep our player base engaged. And keep them driving to perform. That's so fascinating. Yeah, building an esports team also of that size. I mean, I'm not as involved it just just from being in NFTs. Of course, like gaming is all over the place, but it's it's a fascinating world. And bringing that together sounds like a fascinating process. It's really fun. <laughs> Brent, how about you? Like, tell us a little bit about your uh, the company and how you feel about this partnership and what excited you about it. Yeah, sure. So. I mean, Smart Token Labs, we've been around for four years. We've been building these two core products, which are both open source products. One is Alpha Wallet, which is an open source mobile NFT wallet. It's been forked over 500 times, loved by Ethereum developers. That's a product in and of itself. And then TokenScript, which is our framework for basically making tokens smart. Predominantly, that's NFT. So what it allows us to do is add rich utility and function to NFTs. We create a smart token interface around an NFT or a token or an NFT, same thing. It allows that NFT to connect to a smart contract, to connect to other tokens, but really quite importantly, to connect to Web2 sites and services. And that's part of what I guess we're doing with the guys at Perion is we have a suite of smart contract-based products 
that are all fully open source that are available to our partners. And the NFT rewards token that Mitch and the team have used for their game is one of those, you know, sort of templated rewards, smart contracts that we've got in our library. But then we have this, this product called Token Negotiator, which basically token enables Web2 sites or services. So in this case, what we're doing is we're putting Token Negotiator into a merch site, which is called Deep Sea Merch. Mitch and the team are doing a drop of the season's reward token to the top performing gamers. Those gamers have that token in their wallet. And when they visit the website, they're, they're directed to Deep Sea Merch. Depending on the token they hold, it will unlock different types of merch rewards based on their performance in the season. So it's an example for us of a really simple bridge. What it creates is a seamless experience, a better user experience. It's a reward. It's a surprise and delight experience for high-performing gamers, but it sort of takes them from the Web3 world of Discord and drops into just visiting a web, a mainstream Web2 site and unlocking rewards based on what they hold. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I know. <laughs> I'll say this out loud because why not? We were talking about, you guys are going to do a giveaway. We'll, we'll mention it later in the episode. We talked about merch and I could see why maybe giving away merch is exciting. Maybe we'll revisit that. We're still working out the details, but, but so, now yeah. that you mentioned how involved you are, Maybe it, it is a good day. We just have our bad memories of having to ship like a multi-thousand dollar piece of art to Turkey for quite a bit of cash. But <laughs> podcast right. logistics company. <laughs> right. <laughs> so guys, we're talking rewards. We're talking loyalty, talking NFTs, right? So when we think more broadly, like what impact has NFTs brought to the world of rewards and experiences for play-to-earn gamers? And more broadly, how has it impacted loyalty like how has this interplay evolved in your eyes yeah i think the biggest thing for us is we have a competitive player base right and we need to sort of drive them to bring their best and so what we did with our nft uh, partnership with stl is we created this season rewards token like i remember i said we have 1200 gamers um the season rewards are only for the top 100 players and so it's like an aspirational environment right where you want to make that top 100 and so what we're really doing is like driving their engagement through gameplay and then they get to receive merch and, and cool things that they really want. We now players have been asking for merch for a while now. So it's really like rewarding them for putting in the effort. And I mean, that's a really good like value driver when it pertains to loyalty and things like that. It's like, if you put in the work, you get re- represented. And I think sort of like in the broader context of loyalty, rewards, you know, the broader marketing ecosystem, I think we're just getting started. It's very exciting about what's going to be possible to be enabled. So you know, the mechanisms for membership programs, rewards programs, creating surprise and delight experiences for members of your community or your customer base have been around for a very long time. I remember years ago, I worked in telco marketing and poster child of, of the rewards and loyalty space always used to be O2 in London. They just had these incredible mechanisms for, they had this thing called a pie and a pint. So you could go to the O2 branded stadium and with your O2, all you had to do was show your phone at that point and show you, it had the little O2 bar on it and you got a free pie and a free pint at the football match, which was pretty cool. But I remember the best thing they ever did was they created this experience for customers who were leaving London and going to France. And I don't know if you've ever been stung by international roaming fees. Most of us probably have. And you get this horrible bill shock experience when you've done a little overseas trip. And what O2 did is as you were going into the tunnel to go under the, under the English channel on the train, 
the last cell tower would see you as an O2 customer, ping, you would ping that tower and they would know that you're off to France. And when you pulled out the other side of the tunnel, they would ping you with a text message, here's a free roaming pack so that you don't get bill shocked while you're having a holiday in France. And I think NFTs create these seamless mechanisms for recreating all of that you know, on one hand, you have all the utility-based stuff that can be done and we can drop NFTs to communities and these unique digital assets that they own can unlock all sorts of experiences. I think we're just really getting started at the beginning of that. You know, how does that create a better experience than O2 could currently deliver? But then in a more broader sense, you've got the sort of liquidity part of it. And, you know, we're talking to a couple of companies at the moment who have big membership points-based systems. And, you know, you can tokenize those points. You can create a secondary market for the membership points someone holds in the Qantas Frequent Flyer program. So if I'm not going to use those points, can I sell them or pass them on to someone else? And I think that stuff is also just, you know, massively exciting. And I just think we're getting, we're at the very beginning of where it's all going to go. I think it's really exciting so, too. Yeah. And just like creating like free market economies for, for sort of everything. I think it's just like the, the financialization of the world. It's quite an interesting topic. But yeah, won't derail too much, but yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we're really, we're not theorizing this necessarily anymore. It's actually yeah. being put into practice, right? Like Brent, you're saying you have a four-year-old company. You know, four years ago, things were a little different, right? As far as putting things into practice, we had a lot of vision right? But actually being able to execute and see results, see the uptake, see the real traction, right? It's here now. And that's so exciting to see. Like we're there and it's just the beginning, right? We're just at the tip of the iceberg. That's exactly right. And these bridges between, you know, and at the moment in real terms, you know, the NFT holders are relatively small in terms of the volume, the scale, the number of people that hold NFTs. It's, it's still relatively small, but already, the type of NFT, particularly just if you take PFP collections as an example, if you hold a board ape or a crypto punk or were, or, you know, world of um, women, it says a whole series of things about you. You know, obviously there's the financial cap. If you've got a two or three hundred thousand dollar ape in your in your wallet, right, that says something about you. If you're heavily involved in the world of women community, that says something about you. We're doing something at the moment with big resort chain out of or global resort chain and, and there's a big conference happening in New York. Not as cool as the one that's happening in LA shortly, but an NFT conference happening in New York. And the hotel chain is going to basically they've got like a gaming resort so you can gamble there and you can stay there and you can have a great time there. And they're going to plug in token negotiator into their website. And basically if you hold an ape, you are a VIP while that conference is running. Now it's a bridge into Web3 for a Web2 hospitality and resort player. And just by knowing that you've got this specific, you know, you don't have to do, go and do a deal with Board Ape Yacht Club to, to enable that. You can just recognize the token and you can say by virtue of the value of that token, that's a high value player or person that I want in my facility. I'm just going to make them a VIP for two weeks while they're in town. Those sorts of things are just almost limitless in terms of what might be possible. Yeah, that's a clever play. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> just thinking about like, Four or five years. I love the term board ape. Of course, it's part of the whole you know, brand of it, right? Being like the VIP and the player that you want involved. You think like five or six years ago, if we were talking about, oh yeah, board apes are going to be very special. <laughs> it's going to be a very special thing. Like, what are you talking about board apes? I don't get it. <laughs> All right. We've talked about it a little bit. Let's just cap it off and make sure there's nothing else that's really worth to jump in on. And that is just kind of NFT serving as bridges into web two site services and experience. Anything more you guys want to add on that, you know, to highlight what's going on? Or should we move on to the next question? We, we did cover a lot of it. It's interesting right now we have these like, 
digital tokens backed by physical goods. It's kind of like, it's no longer just a picture. There's actually <laughs> some redeemable aspect to it, which I think is really interesting. But yeah, I'm just super excited for what we can do. I think like what we're doing now with STL is really just kind of a proof of concept for us. I think it's just the, the first step of many. Yeah, I think the final point I'd make is that, you know, we see we're both Australian-based startups and, you know, we see Mitch and the guys as, as innovators in the play-to-earn space. They're, you know, they're creating this esports team, the, the best players in the world. You know, they're high-value, they're a high-value audience, a high-value cohort, and we're really excited about this. You know, this is just a, a first toe in the water to, to do a merch reward, but the sorts of things, just like some of the things we've just been talking about, everybody probably wants a slice of those gamers that Mitch has in his portfolio, right? So... Uh, <laughs> Really work on the move forward. Yeah. Well, it is a gateway right to mass adoption, right? A lot of folks live in the Web 2 world. And I feel like a lot of people within Web 3, as inclusive as I think the community is and as community oriented as the Web 3 world is, sometimes people get beat up a little bit for being primarily in Web 2. I think we got to have some really wide open doors and to build those bridges to really bring people into the next phase of, of evolution in the world of NFTs and blockchain. So, yeah, you know. it's always the same old story, isn't it? The old guys it don't is. get it. You know, the guys from Web 1 didn't get it. The guys from Web 2 and girls from Web 2 didn't get it. And, you know, it's always that same thing, but none of it's ever exclusively true. (laughs) You know, it's always somewhere in the middle. That's right, right. And so when you guys look beyond your companies and kind of the close partnerships here that we talked about today, where do you get inspiration within the world of NFTs and this kind of next phase of the development of the world of blockchain? What inspires you? I think it's pretty um, inspiring to see what Yuga Labs has done, raising $450 million. <laughs> I think that was, uh, took us by surprise. It's really interesting to see like how they have created, like made Bored Apes the thing to have just through like understanding what their community needed and what was going to get them sort of leapfrogging things like CryptoPunks. And just like the moves they made, I think was just a really impressive, right? And we're kind of seeing like crypto was never this like super popular, you know, in the mass market adoption phase it was never this like huge public facing thing but through nfts like you know you have basketball players owning nfts you have like celebrities buying up nfts dave Chappelle, eminem snoop dogg like it's just like the way that they've been able to bridge into the traditional world is really impressive and i think that's just exactly where we see the space going and like we're trying to be that for gaming. <laughs> we think that like, obviously, if you look at the NFT games now, they're, they're still pretty early state. We are seeing some pretty amazing sort of like AAA talent coming through, looking to, to bridge into this space. And so we're trying to just be ready for when like the games are mass market consumer ready. So we can be there waiting and ready to be that bridge. Yeah. See any other you know companies that stand out to you, man, that, that inspire you or projects? Yeah, I think so much of it. At a brand level, it's just super impressive to see what Yuga Labs has done with those brand properties and the, the communities that exist around those three three core brand properties and and the way they've executed. You know, it's it's just like even the mutant ape, you know, drop off the back of board ape, you know, could have gone horribly wrong. And I sort of like the vision around the other side is just really cool, right? It's just it's super on brand. You know, it's like it's full and open IP rights and the members of the community are the creators and the owners and they can do whatever they want and they are doing these amazing things and yet you've nevertheless you've got like this brand custodian sitting behind it in Yuga Labs painting a vision of where they're going to go, doing the ape coin, pointing to the metaverse and it's believable. I just think that's 
it's I get a little bit tingly when I talk about it, you know, because it's it's just so hard to do, you know, it's so hard to do. So I just think there's just a thread that's the same thread that pulls through everything in in marketing and brand in history. You have passionate believers in the core brand property and what it stands for and having an ape is, you know, whether you like apes or not, it says something about you. And so I just think that's an amazing brand platform that's just got a great business strategy that seems to be executing incredibly well. I think the other stuff is... I don't know, it's probably just like completely on the other side, you know, and I think it's around inclusivity and governance and enablement and all these projects out there to trying to change the world, whether it's, you know, climber or, you know, some, I mean, I know it's verging into DeFi, but I just think what people are doing to organize and mobilize communities of people around sort of bigger cause related stuff. And, you know, World of Women seems seems to be that in a completely different way, but it's, you know, celebrating female entrepreneurship and the power of being a woman and them, you know, coming together to, to do things that, you know, change the world. And I just think, all oh, that's really, I think about my kids, you know, my kids are one, 13 and 10, and they're growing up in this world and it's all changing around us. And I guess I'm really positive about it. You know, I'm really optimistic and hopeful that really good stuff's going to come on both ends of the spectrum. That sounds great. Yeah. So are we. That's a fact. So, uh, really cool stuff. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. No lack of enthusiasm. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I hesitate to share this because it sounds funny, but I'm going to share. I remember having a conversation with my father one day, like several years ago, you know, and, and there was something going on with the government or something he was upset about. He's like, man, things are going down the tubes, you know? I think everything, things are just, everything's going down the tubes, you know? And I remember, well, there's some things that are going up the tubes, I think, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot moving in the positive direction and it's good to focus on it too. And speaking of a positive direction is what's on the next bit of the roadmap for each of you guys? Maybe we'll start with uh, Mitch. Yeah, sure. We are just going through like a process of scaling the team. So we've been just interviewing like crazy, looking for a CMO, a Web3 dev, Quantrader, a couple of things just to give us a bit of an edge in what we're up to. We're looking at building out models for game economies, uh, working on the smart contracts for the DAO, speaking to a lot of new games. As I mentioned before, there's some super exciting talent coming through and we are just trying to help out in that launchpad capacity. That's a huge part of our roadmap. And then we're working on a couple of little interesting NFT projects in the background. A little bit of a black box won't, won't come completely public with what we're up to there, but um, yeah, got some interesting stuff happening. You're always allowed to list the things that you don't want to talk about here. That's kind <laughs> of a nice little hack for not sharing <laughs> Yeah, perfect. <laughs> can't leak too much alpha. <laughs> what about you, Brent? What's next on the roadmap? I guess we just build, build, build. So we're building frantically around um, around token script, and as we build, we're you know our roadmap is very is very focused at the moment. Token script is a framework, you know, building blocks of Web three has, has a lot of components to it, but we're super focused in the NFT community space at the moment. We're working with some you know ground up projects like Nifty Taylor with Board Up Yacht Club to fashion phase. So a bunch of collection-based projects, bringing utility, equipping them with smart contracts to do things like derivatives, et cetera. So basically providing an engine to NFT collections where a lot of them don't necessarily come with the techs. They're not tech heavy. They're sort of more you know, business, art, commerce, community heavy. So we're sort of like enabling and empowering them and then working on, on top down a, a series of sort of like higher end um, Web2 brand partnerships from service providers in loyalty and membership programs and, and then big brands that want to connect between these two worlds they're the main things for us we're doing a public token release for token script later on this year yeah that's the main things we got going on sounds like a lot of good stuff we interrupt the edge of nft podcast to reveal one of the best kept secrets in the nft space right now the coin network 
If you are a creator or a builder or an investor in groundbreaking projects, you need to dive into Koi ASAP. Why? Imagine a new internet where each time your posts get viewed on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter, you earn rewards. Koi's revolutionary decentralized infrastructure scales this new internet to the whole globe, transforming attention into an asset and every creator into an earner, all without the expensive high energy usage of old school blockchains. Here is the best way to learn more and earn more by becoming a founding member of the growing Koi community. Go to edgeofnft.com slash Koi. That's edgeofnft.com slash K-O-I-I, two I's. There you can publish your first Koi NFTs for free and start earning Koi today. The new internet is coming. Don't you want to be valued on it? What we wanted to do is take a moment and shift gears a little bit and move to our second segment, which is called Edge Quick Hitters. It's basically a fun, quick way for us to get to know you a little bit better. There's 10 questions and we're looking for short, single word or, or few word responses, but we may dive in if we find the urge. You guys ready to jump in on this? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Okay. So we'll start with question number one. Brent, what is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Mars bar. Mars bar. Nice. Yes. It was in uh, Australia or where was it? Was Australia. Yeah, I don't in think Australia. you had Mars bars in the US. They're, they're kind of like a, I don't know what the equivalent is, but anyway. Did, did you have Mars? Like a Snickers or? Yeah, okay. So it's, yeah, a, yeah. yeah. Is it the same? Okay. It's the same. Cool. Appreciate it. Mitch, how about you? I bought an album. You happen Let's to see. remember what it was? I think it was NERD. It was like that first album. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. That's a yeah. solid church. Nice little flex. <laughs> Question two, Brent. What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Uh, Garana. It's the uh-huh. uh, South American uh, sort of stimulant drink that's in everything these days. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 And you, you like sold it as like a business that you had or you're just... Yeah, yeah, I set up a company called Exciting Alternatives and we were the first um, wholesale provider of Garana into Tasmania. Wow. That's cool. I like that company name. Mitch, beat that. <laughs> I think it was like arbitraging necklaces and moonscape. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Question yeah. three, Brent. What is the most recent thing you purchased? Miles Bar. <laughs> <laughs> My man, stay consistent. <laughs> pretty good shape for all those Mars bars. <laughs> yeah. I bought my girlfriend some sunglasses. I bought my girlfriend some sunglasses yesterday because she was out. not happy I was heading to the US. The conference. Oh, okay. nice. <laughs> she couldn't get a visa nice. in time. Yeah. <laughs> oh damn! Got to yeah. be proactive. Question four, Brent. What is the most recent thing you sold? Ouch. Where did you sell? You have like an online listing service you used, or how did you sell? Uh, your- my my wife is an absolute gun on the second hand market, so I was given the responsibility of buying a new couch for our apartment, and she sold the couch that I bought. It wasn't good. Enough. All right. There it is. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Mitch, how about you? I sold a Nike jacket, actually. I think I sold it on eBay. Oh, cool. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Question number five. What is your most prized possession, Brent? Jeez. Just a shitty old blue t-shirt I've got. I just love. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, Mitch, how about you? Probably like old photos from when I was a kid. I tend to like those. Yeah, I'd say photos. Photos, old photos. Okay, right on. Yeah. Question number six. If you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical, service, and experience that's currently for sale, what would that be? What do you got your eye on, Brett? There's a really nice apartment in Manly that looks out over the beach. I would, it's a little out of my, it's a little beyond me, but I'd really like to buy that. All right, nice. Mitch, how about you? Probably uh, should have bought a board aid back a few months ago. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be it. Board aid. <laughs> That's the one. I got you. Okay. Question number seven, Brent. If you could pass on one of your personality traits 
to the next generation, what would it be? Letting go. As I've got older, I've got very good at, at sort of letting go, you know, and just not sweating the small stuff, not getting too caught up in things. Right on. Yeah, very kind of philosophical perspective for sure. Mitch, how about you? I think like just a willingness to dive into the things that you're passionate about and not kind of hold back and feel like you shouldn't do these things or sort of second guessing yourself. I think that's super important. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope people continue doing that. Right on. Right on. Question eight. Flip side, guys. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would it be, Brett? Impulse control around Mars bars. Sort of thieves, yeah. Love it. How about you, Mitch? Probably the aspiration to all the influences. <laughs> Maybe we'll get through that. There you go. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I could stand that. I could get rid of that for sure. <laughs> all right, a little easier, guys. Okay, question number nine, Brent. What did you do just before joining us on the podcast? It's early, so I was just waking up. I gave my one-year-old a hug and, and played with him for 15 minutes. Great way to start the day. Mitch, how yeah, about you? I, um, I took my dog Sophie for a run around the park. <laughs> so I woke her up. She wasn't very impressed, and then, yeah, took her for a run. <laughs> nice. Fun. Quality time, guys. Good job. Quality time, for sure, yeah. guys, for sure. <laughs> Question number 10, last one. Brent, what are you going to do next after the podcast? That sounds a bit lame, but I'm going to go on to another meeting. <laughs> Keep it going. Keep it rolling. (laughs) Working hard. Working hard. (laughs) I will pack my bags to come to the U.S. All right, man. Looking forward to seeing you soon, man. Big Fiesta and FTLA. (laughs) You guys going? I I might check it out. I'm trying to get a ticket. Yeah, cool. It's hard. Hopefully catch you guys there if you can make it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeedy, indeedy. So that's quick hitters, guys. Really appreciate it. Fun times. With almost $25 billion in sales in 2021, there's no denying the NFT market is on fire. But what many investors don't realize is demand has skyrocketed for another asset, thanks in part to this NFT boom. The asset I'm talking about is multi-million dollar blue chip art. And it's been so hot, a Banksy offering on the Masterworks platform recently sold for $7.4 million. And what's even more incredible is... All shares of this Banksy offering sold out in just three hours. According to Masterworks, similar works by Banksy saw a price appreciation of 19.9% from 2007 to 2020, outpacing the S&P 500 by nearly a factor of two over the same time period. And Masterworks investors recently saw a 32% annualized appreciation net of fees from the sale of another Banksy painting called Mona Lisa. To discover how to buy into similar offerings by Banksy, Picasso, and Monet for a fraction of the cost of the entire painting, visit edgeofnft.com slash masterworks. That's edgeofnft.com slash masterworks. For important disclosures, visit masterworks.io slash disclaimer. We want to do a one last segment, if you'd like. It's called Hot Topics. Ethan, we got a couple of good ones, I think, for today, yeah? Yeah, let's hit that. So Jacob and Company launches an NFT collection of digital and physical watches inspired by the metaverse. And this uh, physical watch collection takes full advantage of the metaverse. It's uh, called Astronomia Metaverso. And it was curated in partnership with UNXD, an NFT marketplace for a luxurying culture. Appropriately, the collection builds upon Jacob and Company's storied Astronomia line, with its myriad depictions of the universe while extending it into a digital crypto-native future. 
The first thing I think of when I think of this, by the way, is just uh, there was a guy like he's I think he saw my hat, the edge of NFT. These things are fun to start spark conversations. I already started a few here since I've been in L.A. But he like showed me his watch, I think. And he was like, hey, what do you think? That's I got the NFT, you know, and he was really excited about it. You know, are any of you guys watch guys? Like, I think it's like a personality. People love watches. Oh, okay. I've got a watch. It's like a nice watch, but I wouldn't say I'm like a collector or anything like that. Yeah. This looks interesting, but I'm like, what is the actual connection to the metaverse besides just like in name? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I should read more about this. Yeah, I'm assuming you get, you know, oh, they have become... an NFT. Well, yeah. And also it, it's like digital fashion, right? Which right. people are getting really excited about. We had Jadu jetpacks on, which I wouldn't necessarily consider fashion, but an accessory for your avatar, right? So you can take that little jetpack and pop it on your your Mebits and fly around in AR and stuff like that. So and actually it was literally, again, conversation started from his hat last night. Somebody's telling me just about like digital clothing that they were purchasing. And, you know, she's like, yeah, it's pretty, you know, you can get like a digital metaverse t-shirt for $125. And I'm like, okay, interesting, right? Like you pay more for the digital item than the physical t-shirt. Yeah. But I think it like makes sense. So we think about this a lot. Like some people, their like online persona or online avatar is actually more important to them, like how they look in the physical world. So I think like creating that is super interesting. I think what's interesting now is like we're seeing like in NFT games, it's all about like free market economies. Whereas if you look at say like a Fortnite, like I think they did like a Balenciaga crossover release. But the price was just fixed. It was like $12 or something like that in real world currency, 12 or 20 or something, something around there. It's really interesting to see like now in NFT games, they could probably take that a step further where like you would actually have to perform an action in game to receive this, this NFT or this, this piece of clothing. And then you can kind of create this whole marketplace around it where like instead of the, the developer like having this one way funnel of money where they're just like saying you pay us and here's the fixed price. It's like you can actually create a free market economy and like what's the value of this Babylon good within the digital landscape. Super interesting. I think that's a concept where we're going to see people like valuing digital objects like at higher and higher um, prices. Yeah, we had an engine on the show and that, that was interesting to hear about the engine ecosystem and how they have this kind of token that can go into creating items in multiple game systems and you can kind of melt the item down if you want and it kind of goes back to the engine token and you can do things with it from there. Very interesting stuff and in integrating with yeah. gaming. It is the fusion of the real world and the digital world. And, you know, what we wear, what we own, what we hold on our wrist expresses who we are. And, you know, I've, I watch my kids play Roblox, you know, and I try and play with them, but they're dressing up in all sorts of stuff and they're using Roblox dollars to do it. And it's just sort of like seamless. And when they set me up, they put me in some very unflattering clothes and gave me a really dodgy name. And, um, you, go, Dad. <laughs> you know, and it's not what you want, right? You, you're just not like the cool guy in the ecosystem. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny <laughs> gosh all right well yeah we could talk a lot on that topic it's very fascinating but should we move on to the next one jeff do you have anything yeah i think we'll have that? a little bit nah i just okay. love, I, I love the intersection of digital and physical yeah can i just do one shout out to our partners nifty taylor they, yeah they're all in on um they're the digital fashion aficionados so nifty taylor check them out they um they've been doing outfit digital outfits for um Bought out Yacht Club, Midnight Yacht Club, and about 30 collections. We're doing a derivative drop with them at the moment, but they have, they're really at the cutting edge of uh, digital fashion for AFPs. Cool. That's cool. 
Well, on that topic, cool. uh, we'll hit the next hot topic. Board Ape Yacht Club creator raising $450 million to build an NFT metaverse. Come up a couple times here. Yuga Labs, the owner of the three of the biggest NFT brands on the market, raised the $450 million in funding for a $4 billion valuation the company announced today. Fascinating how quickly this all happened. The team behind Board Ape Yacht Club plans to use the money to build a media empire around NFTs, starting with games and its own metaverse project. Clearly, we're all inspired by this, right? That's something you guys both mentioned being inspired by. But yeah, what do you think? Did you get out on this investment? <laughs> it did not. Like, we, yeah, we didn't get the, the tip off about that. Um, I think like it's super interesting, right? Because I, I feel like board apes are perfectly positioned to kind of create the, the counterculture metaverse, if that makes sense. Like, whereas like meta is like your web two guys coming across and trying to take advantage of this new thing. I think like Bored Apes are like the perfect counterculture uh, version of the metaverse. And so like you probably see like a vote, right? It's like, do we go this way? Do we go to kind of maybe the walled garden that meta might make? Or do we go to this like completely open Web3 native platform and, and see what that, see, see how that goes? I think like the team at Bored Ape or, or Yuga Labs have just like shown their willingness to like just keep pushing the boundaries and keep understanding the culture like without a deeper understand like a deep understanding of this space they, they wouldn't have been able to do what they could do so i think like they're really well positioned to kind of create that metaverse experience yeah it says the team describes this metaverse project called the other side which is interesting right exactly. as an mmorpg <laughs> meant to connect the broader nft universe they hope to create an interoperable world that is gamified and completely decentralized as wiley Arenal, co-founder of board api club who goes by the pseudonym gordon goner we think the real ready player one experience will be player run. Yeah, that's right in line with what you're saying. Makes total sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. I actually bought a VR headset recently because I needed to test out the metaverse. Super fun. <laughs> I'm actually really excited for VR. It's quite an interesting um, experience. I sort of mentioned it before, for just just from a brand perspective, I, I just think they keep nailing it. You know, it's, I mean, other side, meta. Other side, meta. <laughs> And yeah, we've just aped in ourselves. So at Smart Token Labs, we've just uh, acquired Mutant Ape 19748. And we're very excited. We just want to be involved. We want to be part of the community. We want to be inside, in the middle, being part of the experience. We want to play around with our tech. You know, We want to make him a super smart mutant. We want to use all the tech that they have disposal to connect him to brands and experiences and just be part of what's happening. So as I said before, I'm just super inspired by it all. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, there are very few visions that land so well and are executed so well. And uh, I feel like Bored Apes is just one of those special ones. You know, we talk about people being unicorns, right? And I think that term's overused a lot these days, right? With the, the billion dollar valuation club and all those things, right? But this project really is. I mean, they really are. They just acquired CryptoPunks and Mebits too, right? Like, I mean, this is amazing, right? This is truly amazing what they're doing. And to be able to continue to execute against it is awesome. I would really love to know, like, looking back historically also, like the story of how that evolved, you know, what was the original vision? What were they really thinking? You know, like, this is our roadmap, right? I think we could probably pull a lot of this information out. I'm sure it's evolved tremendously since then, but like, ever envisioned that it could be like this? Like really, truly? I mean, this is something else. It's out of this world. You know, they're creating culture. And I think when you create culture, right, you can't set out to create culture. 
know, you can't yeah. create, you know what, to brief for yourself, I'm going to create some culture. Yeah, you know, I think that's the mistake most people are making. So it kind of happens. I don't think anybody knew when they did the drop that, that an ape was going to be worth a million dollars. But what they've done is just they've harnessed the momentum of that and, and just from the, you know, the way they did the royalties and the rights around it, they've just stayed true to some things which have just built this, you know, immensely passionate community around it. We keep talking about community as moat in, in Web3 and I think it's frankly overused, but this is the classic example where it's just all bang on. I think what they're doing incredibly well is they're not, I sure I don't swear, they're not messing it up. You know, <laughs> they've got something very yeah. precious. Like in advertising, it's like when you have like a, a really amazing idea in advertising, like for a campaign or a brand, you know, it's like this, they're very precious things. They're fragile. You know, I think what they've got with that brand is it's a very precious thing. It's fragile. And, and what's remarkable is they're just continuing to build on it and they're not, you know, effing it up. Yeah, right. That's the big thing. And, you know, a long way to go still, but, but the future looks bright for them. And we're actually going to be having, nobody really knows, and this is going to actually air after NFT LA. And we haven't announced anything that's happening on the main stage, really, other than the speakers. But in between every talk, there will be some really well-produced uh, spotlight videos from some of our sponsors and amazing projects that we're partnering with on the conference. And then also, we have tons of like really cool entertainment. And one of the things is an artist who's going to come up. He's going to do a live painting in about seven minutes. And it's going to be of one of the Lord Apes, of course. And so right there, all kinds of cool integrations. We got the permission from the owner and we'll be auctioning that off for all kinds of like cool charitable givebacks and turn it into a one of one NFT. There's so much cool stuff happening with it. But, you know, that kind of thing just makes sense. When you think about what Board Apes represents, what it's become, what it's going to do in the future. And there's not a lot of projects I think that you can say that about where people will get excited about like seeing somebody like which NFT would universally people be interested in seeing somebody actually paint live on stage. Board Apes is probably one of them. There's not a ton of others that everyone's universally like, oh, I know what that is, you know? So yeah. cool stuff. That should be fun. Yeah, it'll be a good time. It's like the brand is like an open innovation platform, you know? It's yes. awful unique. Yes. Just like yeah. any, you know, the way they've set it up, like any of the apes can do anything and they can just, possibilities just are endless, you know. It's like the brand is an open platform. I don't think you've really seen many examples. I remember like when Uber, you know, became part of culture, you know, and you were going to Uber it and it was in TV shows and, and movies and it was just part of the vernacular. But, you know, mm -hmm. you saw where that went. I mean, to some degree where that went as a brand, but it's the complete opposite, a corporate-owned brand that becomes part of culture and then this open brand platform that, wow, could go anywhere. Who knows what tomorrow holds for Board Apes? Well, well, guys, we like to take this moment to to also bring in the some background of, of our community, some of the folks that we collaborate with, and you know, forming our own little culture as well within the Edge of NFT universe. And uh, and Ethan, I think we have some folks we want to give a shout out to today. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think today I would like to just highlight a few newcomers and uh, to the community that are showing up. So we've been hosting this trivia night on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific time in the Discord. And it's morphed into kind of me hosting something where we did sort of general trivia to playing some games together and getting to know each other and like tell each other what we're doing. So I'll just highlight a couple of names of people that showed up and not only showed up, they like came and they participated and they chatted and stuff. So Adar was there. He actually, after he joined the session, he went and got himself a VIP voucher to attend NFTLA. He was so excited about engaging 
We have ESUS, J-E-A-S-U-S-J. We're talking about helium mining, actually, at uh, Tuesday's session. And our friend at Almaden also helped host that conversation. And ESUS is already like really amped about helium mining. So he's sharing with the community all kinds of stuff that he knows about that and how to find out more. We had Johnny White, who's an artist, who's been living as an artist for many years and doing production stuff on television and movies. And Socks Unlocks, S-O-X-U-N-L-O-C-K-S. So just a shout out to those folks for showing up and uh, and jumping right in and being friendly and part of the community. So that's my shout out for today. It's nice. The community is growing and the culture is forming. So yeah. we'll see where it goes. All right, guys. Well, look, I think that's a wrap on the core content for our episode today. We wanted to take a minute and give you a chance to let folks know where they can follow you to get updates on your projects and on yourselves as well. Brent, how about you? Let's start there. Yeah, sure. So you can find us at smarttokenlabs.com. You can find us on Twitter at TokenScript, which is one word, TokenScript. It's probably the best place to find us. Yeah. So Perion, you can find us at perion.gg, P-E-R-I-O-N.gg, of course. And on Twitter at PerionDAO, Perion D-A-O. I'm also on Twitter, Mitch underscore uh, Perion. Feel free to send me a message if you're interested in what we're up to. There we go. Amazing awesome stuff. stuff. Cool. And uh, word on the street is we got a little giveaway that we cooked up for our listeners. And uh, we have some background on what that is. Um, I can, yeah, I, I can point yeah, yeah, I can handle this. We talked about it beforehand, and as alluded to previously, there's still some ki- things we want to work out, but there will be a giveaway, and we'll post about that on our socials. Like I said before, Brent was talking about some merch, and we were like, I don't know, maybe yes, maybe no. So maybe we'll do that if we talk through it, and it sounds like a good idea. Potentially some tokens. It's all up in the air right now, so no promises, but some cool stuff <laughs> is brewing. We'll make something happen. Okay. Nice, yeah. So definitely keep your eye out on our socials. We get all the deets out to you. It'll be something fun. All right. Well, guys, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes or Spotify right now, rate us, say something awesome, and then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. And lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. Thanks, guys. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.